You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. So how we define bearing a cross, whether passively bearing injustice or the refusal to be silent in the face of injustice, that may seem like a subtle interpretive difference this week, but for a Jesus follower, it makes all the difference in the world in how we respond to abuse and suffering. Welcome to episode 509. My name is Herb Montgomery, and our title this week is Bearing One's Cross and the Myth of Redemptive Suffering. So our reading for this second weekend of Lent is from the Gospel of Mark. It's Mark 8, 31 through 38. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed after three days and rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. So, Every year when this passage rolls around in the calendar of the lectionary, I'm reminded of just how much care and intentionality must be exercised with passages like this. This passage is especially vulnerable to being interpreted in in death-dealing ways rather than life-giving ones. And it's, it's one of the central passages that's been used throughout Christian history to teach the harmful myth of redemptive suffering. And let me share a little bit of my own personal background on this. I grew up as an only child with a single mom, and at times, my mom would find herself in abusive relationships with men. And only once did I ever see my mom try to stay and make it work. And that only resulted in more harm for for both her and me. And after that experience, she never hesitated again to to leave when things got bad. But I'm, I'm proud of my mom for learning how to establish healthy boundaries in her life. And while she was alive, through her difficult life experiences, she developed a, a keen ability to defend and to hold on to uh, the value of herself, the value of her own humanity, and and mine too, her her only son. Um, and, and she wouldn't allow men especially, who even began to reveal red flags, uh, the, the warnings that they were potentially abusive, she wouldn't allow them to take up space in her life. Now, my mother was a Christian, 
And I also witnessed through the years, many pastors at various times use the passage that we're looking at this week to encourage her to, to stay and to stick it out, to, to turn the other cheek, to be like Jesus, or, or in the words of this week's scripture, to be willing to take up her cross. And at times they encouraged this approach with the idea that somehow my mom's suffering might change or save or even redeem her husband. And this is, this is the myth of redemptive suffering, that our suffering can redeem our abusers and our oppressors, that somehow our suffering can change their hearts and minds. It's not only bad advice based on harmful interpretations of what bearing a cross even means, or being like Jesus actually means, it has literally been lethal to so many women. Women have lost their lives staying with abusive men. And I realize that women are not the only ones who suffer at the hands of abusive partners, but I'm using my own experience with my mother this week and her life as, as my primary reference point. As we consider our passage this week, I want to also highly recommend the now classic essay by Brown and Parker for God So Loved the World, question mark. You can find a, a, a readable PDF of this essay online. I'll put a link to uh, this essay in this week's e-site. You can find it at healingreligion.com. And I want to thank HealingReligion.com for providing this resource so freely. The very first paragraph of Brown and Parker's essay states, Women are acculturated to accept abuse. We come to believe that it is our place to suffer. Breaking silence about the victimization of women and the ways in which we have become anesthetized to our violation is a central theme in women's literature, theology, art, social action, and politics. With every new revelation, we confront again the deep and painful secrets that sustain us in oppression. We have been convinced that our suffering is justified. And for Christian women, the Christian traditional interpretation of, of the death of Jesus that we're looking at this week, especially the death of Jesus as being redemptive, it has served to promote the harmful and death-dealing teaching that suffering can exude a moral influence or is, or it can be redemptive. And I'm reminded of the words of, of Katie G. Cannon in the foreword to the 25th anniversary edition of Dolores S. Williams's book, Sisters in the Wilderness, The Challenge of Womanist God Talk. Cannon writes, Williams contends that theologians need to think seriously about the real-life consequences of redemptive suffering. God talk that equates the acceptance of pain, misery, and abuse as the way for true believers to live as authentic Christian disciples, those who spew such false teaching and warped preaching must cease and desist. And space here this week doesn't allow me to, we don't have enough time in this podcast for me to critique the various atonement theories and, and, and present alternatives that are, that are out there. And I, I've done this elsewhere. You can go to the series um, Nonviolent, Nonviolent Atonement on our website. But I do want to offer some guidance this week 
with this specific passage that we're considering. Too often, the cross that we are counseled to bear is being defined as the injustice itself. When we define the injustice or the abuse that we're suffering as our cross to bear, then being Christ-like leads to being passive and just patiently enduring whatever injustice or abuse we're suffering. But this is not what the cross stood for in the Jesus story, especially of the Synoptic Gospels. In that story, Jesus begins the week with a protest where he flips the tables of the money changers in the temple courtyard. And and we have to understand the context to see why. In the time of Jesus, the poor and marginalized were being crushed under the temple state's complicity with the Roman Empire's extractive economy. The poor were getting poorer, and, and farmers were losing their land through growing indebtedness to the rich and the wealthy class. And even in our reading this week, Jesus sets his sights on the heart of the temple state in Jerusalem, the temple, the, the, and, and, and determines that he's going to go there and demonstrate there against the abuses that were going on. The rest of that week in these Gospels, we witness this system pushing back. And that pushback doesn't result in Jesus' redemptive death. It results in his unjust state execution for speaking out. In the story, the divine overturns this injustice three days later everything that was accomplished through jesus's death now becomes reversed undone overcome through jesus being brought back to life in the jesus story the chronology matters number one jesus stands up to the injustice he sees happening around him number two the system threatens him with a cross if he doesn't shut up Number three, Jesus refuses to be passive, refuses to be silent, refuses to shut up. He keeps pushing, and the response of the state is then to put him on a cross. The third step in this chronology that I've just laid out is what it means to embrace the way of the cross. A cross, remember, is not intrinsic to following Jesus. A cross only comes into our Jesus-following if our oppressors or our abusers choose to threaten us with one for our standing up, if our standing up to injustice threatens them enough for, for them to use force to, to, to try and attempt to set us back down and get us to be silent and passive, that's when the cross enters into the picture for a Jesus follower. And it's at that point that Jesus' words begin to take on life-giving rather than death-dealing meaning. And I'm going to offer my, my comments here uh, in between these passages as I read it again. Let's go back to this week's reading and try to, to apply this. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross. That means be willing to not be silent and follow me, he says. And that's In speaking out, whoever wants to save their life through remaining silent will lose it. Remember, we lose a part of ourselves every time we choose to be silent in the face of injustice. 
The passage continues, whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel, that means being willing to speak out in the face of rejection and pushback, will save it. You're going to hold on to, even reclaim our humanity that, that the system wants to exploit while, while denying. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world through just going along with the system and yet forfeit their soul? Again, that means being silent, to silence your own conscience and what you know to be right. Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Whatever the cost of speaking out, it's worth it. Whatever the reward being offered for being silent, that's not worth it. The cross is not, remember, the injustice or the abuse that we're supposed to just bear. The cross is what our oppressors or our abusers, what they threaten us with if we don't cease, if we don't, if we don't desist in speaking out. And to be willing to bear a cross, it means instead of, uh, of, of being silent, we refuse to be silent. It means we keep speaking out. We keep calling for justice. We keep holding abusers and oppressors accountable. This is the only way we and they will ever experience change. So how we define bearing a cross, whether passively bearing injustice or the refusal to be silent in the face of injustice, that may seem like a subtle interpretive difference this week. But for a Jesus follower, it makes all the difference in the world in how we respond to abuse and suffering. Heart Group Application this week. Share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, how does connecting a cross to the refusal to be silent impact how you respond to injustice? Share and discuss that with your group. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone. Thanks for checking in with us today. I want to say a special thank you to all of our supporters out there. If you would like to join them in supporting Renewed Heart Ministries work, you can do so by going to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and clicking Donate. I want to also say a special thank you this week to Choir Publishing, to Keith Giles, who wrote the foreword to my latest book, and all the special people on our launch team. All of you made uh, this release a, a real special success. We uh, number one new release on Amazon right now. And remember the book Finding Jesus, a Fundamentalist Preacher Discovers the Socio-Political and Economic Teachings of the Gospels is available now on Amazon in paperback and Kindle and soon also on Audible. It's being recorded as we speak in audiobook format. And as always... You can find Renewed Heart Ministries each week on X, or formerly known as Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Meta's New Threads. If you haven't done so already, please follow us on your chosen social media platforms for our daily post. And also, if you enjoy listening to the, the Jesus for Everyone podcast, please like and subscribe 
to this podcast through whatever podcast platform you're using and considers taking some time this week to give us a positive review. This helps others find our podcast as well. You can watch our new YouTube show called Just Talking Each Week, where Todd Leonard and I take a moment to talk about the gospel lectionary reading for the upcoming weekend. We talk about each reading in the context of love, inclusion, and societal justice, and our hope is that our talking will be just talking as in justice, but that during our brief conversation each week, you'll be inspired to do more than just talking. If you teach from the lecture each week, or if you, you're just looking for some thoughts on the Jesus story from a more progressive perspective within the context of social justice, check it out. You might like it. You can find it at youtube.com forward slash at Herb and Todd Just Talking. Please like, subscribe, hit the notification button, leave us a comment. If you'd like to reach us here at Renewed Heart Ministries through email, you can reach us at info at renewedheartministries.com right where you are this week. Keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week.